Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Taking a closer look, the defining moment for you when you watch Justin Fields up close and personal. Damn so I, I changed this, David, this afternoon. I changed my my decision on this because of some of the conversation I had with Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. And then there were a couple options I had here. First of all, Justin, 14 for 16, 156 yards, three touchdown passes, 146.9 passer rating. That's a brilliant performance, you know, right? We can put it in all the context that's out there. And Matty Rufus was asked, well, do you have to, to you know, remind yourself this was against the defense without Miles? Garrett and Jadevian Clowney and and Ward and some of the other players that, that the Browns were holding on. He said, listen, that's all speculative. All I can judge is what he put on the field tonight and what he put on the field was great. So my defining moment is the first pass of the night, first completion of the night, which is a, a short six-yard completion to fullback Kari Blazingame in the flat. And here's why it's significant to me, David, because Justin Fields took what was there for him. Right. And he didn't try to do too much. And this is in by his own admission post game, a big step in his development where he's not getting greedy, where he's understanding that six yard, seven yard, eight yard gains can be tremendously beneficial to the flow of an offense. And so he gets out on a play action rollout. He's got a number of different combinations of targets because of the route combinations, but he sees that his fullback is open right away, hits him, moves the chains first down. It's significant because later in the the second quarter, they run the exact same play, and it's the one they hit for for the touchdown to Cole Komet. And this time, the defense bites down on on the fullback route in the flat, Justin's able to manipulate some things with, with one, the speed of his rollout, right? You can control things with how fast you're rolling your right. And then secondly, his eyes, all of a sudden, Cole Komet is uncovered at the goal line. And you've got one of the easiest touchdown passes you'll ever have in the NFL. All you got to do is not screw it up, throw it out there, make sure your tight end catches it. And so the combination of being willing on that first play to take a six-yard dump off, and then when it's set up for a 22 uh, or 24, I think that was the 24-yard touchdown to Komet, just shows you what an offense is supposed to do and the, and the options it's supposed to give you and the rhythm and the evolution that can come when you're in sync like that. See, I love that choice because, number one, it's not obvious, but number two, it's the way that the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach would evaluate it. But to me, I, my guess is that when they evaluate that film, they're not looking at his three touchdown passes or any of the other plays. They're looking at that play you just described so well because – of the way it set up another one, the way it represented growth, and just how significant subtle things can be in the growth of a young quarterback. I'll take the gimme then. I'll take the obvious. <laughs> because that 22-yard pass, that scoring toss to Ryan Griffin in the end zone, yep. to me represented so much else. And again, we are getting carried away. I felt like this is sort of like the Horstead pass last year. Like he made <laughs> so much out of that one play. But I think this year is a little bit different because of the – 
factors surrounding Justin Fields that make it a little bit more conducive to improvement, and he's going to get a chance to this year. I like what happened with the Griffin pass because when he, number one, moving in the pocket, number two, setting his feet. And I think mechanically, that's what I concern myself with most when I look about, okay, what's going to hold Justin Fields back? The supreme athleticism is never going to leave him. But in a way to try to hone that, and so he's mechanically sound, fundamentally smart, and these kinds of things, you've got to see that. And so when he's pointing his feet and, and, he, and he's throwing the ball exactly how he threw it, with the touch he re- that was required to put the two, two, two defenders in the end zone, clutch, clutch play. And you need evidence of the fundamentals for a young guy that might be, you know, conditioned and programmed to trust his instincts and athleticism throughout his career because they've always worked for him. But that was evidence to say, okay, Justin, when you do this well, when you roll out, when you point your foot that direction, when you get your feet in time on time, then you're going to, you know, be able to put the ball where you want it just like that. So to me, that was the defining moment for him. Right. And, and, and look, that's good protection. It's good timing. It's a, it's a ball delivered at the right angle and the right velocity. Beautiful play for the first touchdown of the preseason for the first unit offense. And you see what that unlocks when they get going, right? Yep. On the bright side and then on the conversely, the uh-oh play. All right. My on the bright side is a play that didn't go as designed. And it was a third and eight. It was the Bears' only uh, conversion of the, the first half on third down. And it's the play where Justin Fields feels pressure and spins out the back door of the pocket, right? And he gets out on the, on the move to his left. And then all of a sudden, he, he fires an, a no-looker to Dante Pettis right beyond the sticks on the left sideline. I was enamored with this play watching it in live action. I put three stars on my on my spiral notebook to say, wow, that was that's a moment to go back and watch. I watch it again on Monday morning and I say, man, there's there's some cool stuff here with just his ability to, to feel that. Well, then I talked to Luke Getzi. I said, I, I, I'm curious what your assessment was of that play. He said, my favorite play of the night by far. Right. And so the offensive coordinator says that. And he says, one. Because Justin showed pocket feel, right, and he and he knew the exact moment that it was time to escape, right. That that was something that the offensive coordinator said. This is this is perfect. This is what we want him to do. He says. Secondly, he gets out and he never lost eye discipline, right. He looks to the outside, realizes it's not there, looks back inside, and by looking back inside, now the defense takes his eye his eye bait and goes back inside, and now he's got the no look shot to Pettis along the sideline. First down move the chains. And so there's a, just a sequence of things that happen there. And it's playmaking artistry off script by a young quarterback that leads to results, right? And you know, this league is all about how do you do on third down? How do you do in the red zone? And how do you do making plays that when, when, when there's nothing there, right? And, and Justin Fields showed on that particular play that he could cash in, make a big play, move the chains and, and keep that offense alive. Okay. So I'm You have an O play though. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you your on the bright side first, and then I'll come to my own. Okay, uh, my bright side is just the fact that on the on the Dante Pettis play, I think is more the connection finding another receiver besides Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet that he could go to rely upon and put the ball where it needed to be. With Tajay Sharp going out, you know he was the guy early on, but he unfortunately has been injured. Is that what his absence has been explained by? So Dante yep. Pettis gets an opportunity in somebody else's absence, steps up. Justin Fields says, I don't care who I'm throwing to. If it's not Darnell Mooney or Kmet, I can still make the throw. I made the throw. So I think on the bright side, to use the segment words, on the bright side, anytime that Fields develops some chemistry with another receiver in an open competition, it's a good thing. 
So this is going to be redundant, but my uh-oh moment is just the, the the unnecessary hit that Justin took at the end of a scramble. Now listen, to his benefit, he got the 15-yard penalty at the end of a scramble for once, and, and he doesn't need to lobby the officials repeatedly to get this call. There's a sense that, that he's too young or too uh, unestablished or unproven right now to get that call on a consistent basis. Well, he took a shot. After the game, he relayed to us that he was a little dizzy getting up from that shot, right? And so all of a sudden you say, okay, this is the uh-oh moment, right? If, if you're not graceful with your slide, if you're not well-timed with your slide, you're going to take these hits. We saw Mitch Trubisky take a couple of hits during his career that cost him, you know, two starts, right? And, and, and all of a sudden you're in Chase Daniel mode for a couple of weeks. And, and now all of a sudden you, you're, you're regrouping in that regard. The Bears don't want to have to regroup with Justin Fields just based on the fact that he's a little bit late sliding or doesn't slide low enough or, or just doesn't do it gracefully enough. So again, we, we, this is, I think, three weeks in a row where we've had one of these tuck and run scrambles that, that leave you kind of holding your breath. They got to get that out of his system in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, you hope defenders start to not take his head off. But again, you don't want your quarterback dizzy at any point of a football game. So that's always going to be an uh-oh moment. You just traumatized half our audience with the Chase Daniels <laughs> reference, just for the record. I'm, I'm, I think it's a conservative estimate, but nonetheless, I couldn't let that go and check that. With and it's a huge audience, moment. too. So that's a lot exactly. of people. <laughs> exactly. So... I, I'm I'm with you there because that was the obvious one to me. You know, when he went down and got hit, you were like, uh-oh. And that was literally what I thought about. Like, okay, there it is. And the thing I liked about this time, and I guess the wrong way to word it, the thing that at least happened this time was that there was a flag, number one. And I'll say this, the defense of the Justin Fields, I mean, it was like somebody yeah. was, somebody scattered cash around him. The <laughs> offensive lineman scurrying to the pile, looking around like, what can I do? Where is it and who, who who's responsible for this? That's good. That's a good reflex. And that's, again, that's tied into this whole culture yes. that we're seeing. So even though it was an uh-oh moment, you don't want to risk injury, We were I, I was relieved to see at least, number one, he got up and got the call, and number two, there were people there ready to defend him. I like that you use the word reflex because I think it's become an, a reflex, right? And I think it's become a coached system that has had brought this reflex out where guys react that way naturally, whereas maybe a year ago, six months ago, last month, they may not have been as quick to to start the fracas after, uh, after a shot like that. You can coach effort. There's no doubt about it. You can coach effort, and we're watching it happen right now, and that's a good way to put it. All right, the big number. What is yours? So my big number is 44, and this is the gains on the three plays that followed Ryan Griffin's holding penalty. If you remember, Ryan Griffin has a hold there in the first quarter that negates a big 23-yard run by David Montgomery. And all of a sudden you say, man, this is exactly the kind of error that always sets Bears offenses back. Now you're all the way back at midfield. You're probably going to end up punting from plus territory and you're going to be like, man, that was a wasted opportunity. What do they do? They come right back. Fields to Pettis for 14. Fields roll out to Komet, who fights for the first down for eight. Then they get an encroachment penalty uh, on the Browns and then they turn it into the Fields to Griffin touchdown pass. Sweet relief for Ryan Griffin to overcome his own holding penalty by scoring the touchdown, right? And just that a quick strike ability to put that error in the rearview mirror and not let it impact a drive, that was huge. And it's just not something the Bears have done consistently in the past. Asked Matty Rufus and Justin Fields after the game, what's the value of, of being able to do that? And it's just uh, the ability to overcome adversity quickly and not let something like that kill you. Just get back to the drawing board, right? Just get back to the, the simple plays. And that first pass is just a curl route, schoolyard curl route to Dante Pettis, who runs a, a – 
absolutely precise route. Justin makes a trust throw because he trusts his receiver, releases it before before Pettis even begins to turn around, and you've got fourteen of the uh, fourteen yards back. You've got the holding penalty plus four more yards back, just like that. On they go. All right, that's a good one. I, I think my big number is three because I think it's the number of touchdown passes and Pettis, Komet, Griffin. Without the touchdowns at the end of the drives. None of this other stuff really is as significant, really, yep. let's face it. Because what is it we've been saying all along is that, oh, yeah, this is a great little design. And, boy, this is a great guy who fits in this offense and great fit here. If you don't score touchdowns, none of it matters. And the problem with the Bears in the last, you know, since 2018 is they stopped scoring touchdowns. Yeah. They'll get, they'll get and they'll still kick field goals or they'll have penalties or they'll have drops or whatever. When you have three touchdowns in yep. one half and it's your number one offense – this is why you play the starters in preseason. This is what you're looking for. This is why you didn't take the night off and hand Justin Fields a cap after nine plays. You needed evidence not only of coaching, but of their work, of their effort that you have coached. And I think that, to me, was as significant as anything because you gave them something to build on, tangible, points, 21 was enough. <laughs> so that's what you take away to me from Saturday night as much as any. The big number was the number of touchdowns, and that was three. No question. We don't see three touchdown passes in games from Chicago Bears <laughs> quarterbacks. Three touchdown pass halves deserve a celebration. Get out the kazoo. Woo! Blow the, blow the, blow the New Year's uh, party favors and, 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 and celebrate that thing. 